Hey everybody, it's Matt. Welcome or welcome back to the Journey Church Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you automatically get our weekly episodes. And you might want to subscribe to our Journey Callaway YouTube channel as well. You'll find messages, music, interviews, inspiring stories, and more for you right there. So if you could change anything about your current relationships, what would you change? It's hard to know what to do to make relationships better, isn't it? be nice if there was some relationship app that gave us recommendations on what we should do next to make the relationship stronger with a coworker or a friend or spouse or kids. That'd be awesome, but I'm telling you right now, I would pay extra if that app automated all of those decisions for me because even when I know what to do is never easy to follow through. My problem is way bigger than knowing. It is the doing. Do you have relationships you hope to get stronger this year? Let's talk about it in episode one of Relationship Rules. We've all been reminded over the last year that the quality of our lives are only as good as the quality of our relationships. But it can be frustrating because we never feel like we've got complete control over the quality of the relationships we have, do we? After all, we are not the only person involved. That's why we say things like, we just fell out of love. We weren't a good fit anymore. We just drifted apart. You know, they change. It's always they, they, they. We act like there's some outside force that imposes conflict and tension and separation into our relationships. You know, it just happened. I didn't have much to do with it. But come on, we all know this. That's not really true. So I want to introduce you to three relationship rules that can change every relationship in your life for the better. But here's the kicker. Each of the rules we're going to learn is actually a choice that you and I have the ability to make. Because we have far more influence over the quality of our relationships than we might have imagined. We get to make our relationship choices. And then those choices we make, well, they eventually make us. Now, if you're not really familiar with the Christian faith or depending on how it's been presented to you, you may find this surprising. But the quality of our relationships, it is central to the Christian faith. Uh, The Apostle Paul and all the letters he wrote to Christians in the first century, he always addressed relationships. You can't read one of his letters where they're not a major topic. And the reason is because you can't love God well without loving others well. Someone who's in a growing relationship with Jesus, well, that's somebody who should be becoming a better friend, a better parent, a better team player, a better spouse, a better person. You cannot separate the quality of your relationship with God from the quality of every other relationship in your life. The vertical always impacts the horizontal force. Now, there was a letter that Paul wrote to Christians in the city of Colossae where he explained this. Um, And remember, he's writing to followers of Jesus. But for those of you who aren't yet followers of Jesus, this is what Paul would say is possible for you and one of the reasons why you should consider following. Here's what he wrote in Colossians 3, starting in verse 1. He said, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is. And our heart represents our emotions, doesn't it? Represents our passions. So he says, set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. And then he says, set your mind, minds on things above, not on earthly things. And our minds, well, that represents our thoughts. Here's why this is so important. Our emotions and our thoughts, they are at the root of every relational conflict we have, aren't they? Matter of fact, what they do is they often create a vicious relational cycle. I'll give you an example. You can do or say something that I don't appreciate, and I am going to have an emotional response to it. I'm going to be hurt or angry or frustrated, and then what happens? Well, I react. I lash out or I go silent or I distance myself. And then 
I either start brooding or I start spewing, depending on my personality. And I start having negative thoughts that create more negative emotions that lead to what? Well, more negative thoughts. And the damage in the relationship just continues. The cycle just goes on and on. So Paul says this, for those of us who are followers of Jesus, he's going, hey, you don't have to let your emotions be the boss of you. You actually have control over what you do with the thoughts that you think, and you have control over the emotions that you feel. You and I, we can set or we can focus our emotions and our thoughts on Jesus. We can choose to respond instead of react. We can point those emotions and those thoughts towards the truth and the values that Jesus taught. You say, well, how in the world do you do that? Well, fortunately, Paul's a pretty practical guy. So down just a bit, a little bit later in his letter in verse 12, he gives us a plan. He says, therefore, as God's chosen people, as he's writing to followers of Jesus, holy and dearly loved. And here's what he writes. He says, clothe yourselves. Now, just pause right here. Obviously, this is going to be metaphorical. But Paul's point is, just like you get up every single morning, you walk into your closet, you pick out what clothes you're going to wear. Paul believed you have the same control, the same influence, the same opportunity to get up every single day and choose what relationship attire you put on. In other words, you get to choose how you're going to respond to every single relationship you have that day. So here's what he says you and I should do. Here's what he says we should grab when we walk in the closet every morning. He says, clothe yourselves first with compassion. Now, compassion is not some soft emotion. Here's what compassion is. Compassion is putting myself in your place. Not because I agree with you on everything. I don't put myself in your place so I can just say, yep, makes perfect sense. I'm going with what you say. I put myself in your place so I can see where you are coming from. Now listen, every single person, uh, person's choices, they make perfect sense to that person from their point of view. Nobody ever makes a decision that doesn't make sense to them. It may not make sense to you or to me, but it makes perfect sense to them. So if I want to make my relationship with you stronger, then I've got to see the world the way you see the world. I've got to put myself in your place before I give the facts, state my opinion, before I lay out a plan, before I look at you and say, well, why didn't you? And you probably should have done this instead. Hey, next time, would you please not, before I get into any of that, what I should do is put myself in your shoes, feel what you feel. That kind of compassion might actually help me discover that while you didn't do the right thing, you thought you were, and every now and then I might even discover that you were right and I was wrong, but good grief, that couldn't happen often, could it? Compassion, putting myself in your place, seeing the world through your eyes. Here's the thing, that does not distance me from you. It actually draws me towards you, even when we disagree. So Paul says, okay, you start by walking in your closet every morning. And you put on a little bit of compassion. And then he says to grab this next. He says, after compassion comes kindness. You know what kindness is? We've talked about this before. Kindness is loaning you my strength, especially in a moment when you're weak. So instead of complaining when you struggle, I'm going to see it as an opportunity to help you. Instead of criticizing you, I'm just going to be kind. Now, here's the thing. You already know that this works for relationships. Think about a time when you were weak, when you had blown it, when from your point of view, you deserved to pay, but then somebody stepped in and instead of giving you what you deserve, they loaned you their strength and kindness instead. Now to this day, you would do anything for that person, wouldn't you? Yeah, it developed an almost unbreakable bond between you. That's the power of kindness. You need compassion, you need kindness, and then Paul says, clothe yourself with humility. Humility is turning my attention from me to you. 
It's not thinking less of myself. It's just thinking of myself less. Now, here's the way I imagine this in my mind. Imagine if every time you were around somebody, you treated them as if they were the most important person in the room. This is what humility looks like. You wouldn't correct them harshly. You wouldn't interrupt or change the subject. You wouldn't make little snide remarks about them to the people around. Nope. You know what you would do. You would show a genuine, genuine interest in them and their life. You'd ask them questions. You'd keep the spotlight on them, not yourself. No strong relationship exists without loads of humility. So Paul says, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility. And then he talks about gentleness. Now, gentleness is treating you with infinite value. It's remembering, okay, I'm talking to somebody here who's made in the image of God. I may disagree with everything they're saying, but they have infinite value to him, so I'm going to treat them that way. I'm going to talk to them differently because I believe they're valuable. I'm not going to be harsh because I believe they matter. Let's be honest. We're not doing such a great job of that right now in our society, in our culture, even in our community, are we? We're struggling. All you have to do is look at social media to see it. But a little bit of gentleness, a little reminder that the person that we so passionately disagree with we don't approve of what they're doing, what they're saying, how they're going about something. A little reminder that they have infinite value, well, it just might change the way we approach them completely. So Paul says, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, gentleness, and then patience. Now, you know what patience is. Patience is moving at the speed of the other person. It's when I intentionally choose to slow down to your speed and allow you to set the pace. It's when I give you the space to process things at your pace. It's why I choose not to be pushy just to get what I want when I want it. I'm going to give you the time to think and to process and to reflect and to decide when you're comfortable moving forward. Now, because Paul knew none of us were going to get this right all the time, and good grief, I definitely don't, Paul adds this. He says, oh, before you walk out of your closet, don't forget to grab this. He says, bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. And then he reminds us why. He says, forgive as the Lord forgave you. So when that person isn't patient with you, when they don't show compassion, when there's no humility, and it really ticks you off, Paul says, would you remember to forgive? You know what forgiveness is? It is canceling the debt that you owe me. You didn't get it right. You should have to pay for what you did. You owe me an apology. You need to make up for what you messed up. But instead of demanding you make it all up, I'm going to choose to forgive. I will cancel the debt. Now, here's why this is so important. Don't miss this. Because a debt-debtor relationship cannot be a close personal relationship. Never is. A debt-debtor relationship is always separated by the debt. And so if you want to be closer to that person, but you won't let go of the debt, well, you have sabotaged your own intentions and desires. May explain what's going on in a lot of marriages today. So, Paul says, just like God has chosen to forgive you, why don't you cancel the debt for other people? And then he sums it up in verse 14 with this. He says, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect harmony. In other words, from Paul's point of view, this list, well, that's exactly what love looks like. To make your relationship stronger, you actually don't have to remember a list. You just remember a question. What does love require of me? And you know what the answer is? It requires compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, and forgiveness. And every single one of these is a choice. Think about it. You've never reacted your way into compassion, and you don't react your way to gentleness or patience. Reactions are typically negative. But reactions do not have to rule 
your relationships. Remember, Paul said at the beginning that we can set our hearts and our minds. In other words, we can choose to respond. We have control. So here is relationship rule number one. I choose to respond rather than react. I choose to respond rather than react. To make my relationships stronger, I'm not going to wait for them to act first. I'm not going to hope things get better. I'm not going to leave it to chance and react to what comes. Nope. I'm choosing to respond with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, and forgiveness. Now, here's the good news about this. You can do that today in any relationship, even the most difficult ones. I can wake up tomorrow. I can do the same thing. We have control of doing that now. So here's what I want to encourage you to do, because I know this is a lot easier to understand than it is to practice. I don't know that I get this right half the time. I think we all need some help. So I want to invite you to do something with me. Every morning for the next week, would you join me in praying this list? This list of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, and forgiveness. It's only going to take you a moment, but would you just pause every morning before your day gets going? And would you say, God... I'm going to encounter some people today, and in every single one of those interactions, I need your help to respond in a way that makes a relationship better. So God, help me to put on compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience and forgiveness in all of those interactions. And if you want some extra helpful work, at the end of every day, just take a minute and reflect on all those interactions you had, okay? Where'd you do this well? Where'd you miss the mark? Where do you need to go make an apology? Now, why does this matter so much? Well, there are a couple reasons. One, you and I, we don't like to acknowledge this, but we're like a boat on a lake. Wherever we go, we're going to leave a wake. In other words, you make an impact in every room that you enter. And when you leave every room, when you leave every conversation, you leave it better or worse. You do. You never leave a conversation neutral. You never leave a relational interaction with it neutral. Every single person who interacts with you either walks away better or worse because of it, encouraged or discouraged, valued or devalued. So does it matter that we get better at this? Oh, you better believe that it matters. We got to figure out how to do this because the people we interact with, and let's be honest, the people we care about in many cases, they are impacted by us. Have you ever stopped to ask yourself, what's it like to be on the other side of me? Well, if the answer to that's not what you hope, then Paul says, here's the way to change it. Here's the way to fix it. The other reason this matters so much is because if we can grow in these areas, well, we're actually becoming more like God. We're actually growing into becoming the person that we most want to be and living the life that we most want to live. For those of us who are followers of Jesus, this is the whole goal, isn't it? God's put, placed His Spirit within us to change us, to shape us, to grow our character, to transform us into His image and into His likeness. In other words, to help us have the kind of character, the kind of heart, the kind of behavior that honors and values the people around us, which leads to the best life we could possibly live. But we're never going to become more like God unless we allow Him to do this work in us. So if you're sitting there thinking, well, Goodness, this is a person I most want to be. I want to respond and not react. I want to respond with compassion and kindness and patience. But I just don't know that's possible. Well, the good news is this. You don't have to do it on your own. If you're following Jesus, he's given you everything that you need. He is with you and he will help you. You just have to be willing to let him do the work in you and cooperate with the changes he's trying to make in your heart 
and in your mind and in my heart and my mind as well. Listen, the reality is God wants to see you grow in these areas because God cares about you. And God cares about all the people around you who interact with you. So, would you pause and just ask God every single day for the next seven days, God, help me with this. Help me with this. And when you're not sure what to say or do in a conversation or an interaction, just ask yourself, what does love require of me? And then, make the right choice. Relationship rule number one, I choose to respond rather than react. We'd all be better off if we got better at that. And we will pick it up right there in episode two. But before we go, let me pray for you. Father, would you give us the wisdom to see and catch ourselves when we're starting to react? The wisdom to, to know when we walk out of a room, when we leave a conversation and we've left the other person, worse, not better. Help us to be aware of that and then help us to cooperate with you so that you can bring about the change in our hearts and in our minds that you want to. Thank you for giving us your spirit, for giving us the power and the ability to change. Now we choose to cooperate with you, we choose to surrender to you, and we ask you to help us to become people who are growing in compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience and forgiveness. Help us to be people who treat the ones across from us as if they are the most important person in the room, people with infinite value. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, if you'd like more content like this, subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our Journey Calway app to access all of our recent message content. And our app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. For more information on our church, be sure to visit journeycalway.com. That's journeycalway.com. Thanks for listening. 